Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show, your source for the latest news and trends in the e-commerce industry. Featuring host Jason Retail Geek Goldberg, SVP of Commerce at Razorfish, and Scott Wingo, founder and executive chairman of Channel Advisor. Here are Jason and Scott. Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show. This is episode 58, being recorded on Thursday, November 3rd, 2016. I'm your host, Jason Retail Geek Goldberg, and as usual, I'm here with your co-host, Scott Wingo. Hey, Jason, and welcome, Jason and Scott Show fans. Excited to have you tonight. It's the day after the World Series, Jason. You're living in Chicago there, so i got to ask, are you like uh, super excited, running around? I, I was watching the the after game and tried to look for you running streaming down the street naked didn't see you so just wondering how how you're feeling i know it's always disappointing for you when you miss an opportunity to see me running down the street naked scott but uh i <laughs> i'm feeling great and i am enjoying the cub success i am i'm a transplant here so i'm i'm not trying to uh to I feel like it'd be a little cheap to just sort of jump on the bandwagon now. So I like to think of myself as a fan of Cubs fans. Um, but I was watching the game. I unfortunately was in New York City for the final game. So I was uh, watching it late at night with some some friends at a bar and uh, just got home today. I'll be home for the parade. And as I've mentioned before, I live very close to Wrigley Field. So um, my wife tells me that, that you know, our, our neighborhood was an active party all night long. Cool. Any $600,000 foul balls in the yard or anything exciting like that? Nope. Uh, I feel like uh, ever since uh, the Balco era and Barry Bonds left baseball, they can't quite reach our house from Wrigley Field. But uh, okay. but it's, it. it's always the dream. And if the World Series wasn't exciting enough, we are only eight days away from Double Eleven Day. I know. Yeah, Singles Day. We'll have to uh, – we don't have time on – Day's show to talk about it, but we'll definitely get to that here before it comes. It just, I'm just saying it's an exciting time of the year. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of exciting, uh, Jason and Scott fans, we have a really big treat for you guys today. Uh, we get a lot of le- listener feedback and some of our most popular shows, both, both anecdotally from your feedback and looking at the different analytics, are when we talk to brands. So historically, we've talked to Mondelez, Abercrombie, uh, Under Armour, VF Corp. And keeping in that theme, we have another marquee brand to add to that list here tonight, Puma. Puma is a German-based global sports shoe and apparel retailer. They have over 3.4 ballet shoes, not sports shoes, but uh, maybe we'll dig into that. Uh, over 20% of Puma's sales are retail, or what we would call on the Jason Scott Show, direct-to-consumer. Um, and that includes their e-commerce component. That's a global number. And as of Q2, uh, looking their their public company, so this is all from their publicly available information, as of the second quarter, uh, the retail sales segment is growing 12% year-over-year. Uh, and as a global company, that that's you know, Europe tends to be growing a bit slower than the U.S. Uh, in North America, so that, that's a that's really strong. I think that's um, you know several points ahead of the GDP growth of the mix of the countries they're in. So, so very strong growth. And joining us from Puma, we have Chris Hardesty. He is the VP of e-commerce for Puma North America. Welcome, Chris. We're really excited to have you here on the Jason and Scott Show. Hey guys, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me, and 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 thanks for starting it off with a with a vision of Jason running naked uh, on uh, uh, right outside of Wrigley Field. Uh, yeah, but, we uh, <laughs> yeah yeah we find that that helps keep the shows shorter and uh, and uh, you know it cuts the banter 
pretty much dead right at the beginning of the show. Some things cannot be unimagined. <laughs> we, I'm sitting here with an open mic, and I'm about to lose it. I was just laughing so hard, so that was a that was a funny way to start. Yeah, and by naked, he would still have his phone with him because Jason's never <laughs> and a Starbucks. So, so just just add that to the mental image. Okay, <laughs> excellent. Okay, good. That that completes the picture for me. Well, but uh, thanks, thanks, guys, for inviting me on. I appreciate it. It's a it's a cool opportunity. Yeah. So so I'm in North Carolina. Jason's in Chicago. What part of the world are you based out of? So uh, we're based out of Westford, Massachusetts, so just about uh, 45 minutes north of the city. And then myself, I actually live in New Hampshire, so uh, just a little bit a little bit north of that. So um, we, we're up in the New England area. All the states are pretty close to one another, so we can work in one and, and live in another. Live for your die. <laughs> That's right. So in New Hampshire, have you been like personally visited by every presidential candidate? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. In fact um, – uh, my, the company I worked at before, which was based in New Hampshire, uh, all of the presidential candidates used to come and actually actually speak to us as an organization. It was 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 really really cool. So like George George W. Bush came and Mitt Romney in two thousand eight and John McCain. It was it was uh, it was it was pretty cool. Wow. Uh, and then I, I suspect we're going to get to talk about some of the celebrities that you get to meet at Puma as well. So it seems like you you have uh, quite a few brushes with greatness. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know why that's the case, but uh, I, I have been very fortunate to meet some really cool people. So uh, uh, I, I can't say that they can say the same on from meeting me, but I'm grateful to uh, to have met some really, really cool, some cool folks. No, 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 no. You may not know this, but you have been one of the most requested guests by our super fans. So we're <laughs> we're excited to finally check this off our bucket list. Well, uh, I'll thank my wife for that. Uh, I'm guessing that she's one of your super fans. Yeah, and and the other dirty secret is the other one is Jason's mom. So we have, uh, we have the, the thank you, ladies. We appreciate it. Yeah. I keep feeling like we should have a rehearsal before we do these shows. Uh, so, Chris, before we get too into it, one of the things the listeners really like to know, those that aren't super fans and follow your career super closely, uh, is how you got into your role a little bit. What what was your your sort of background, and and uh, how did you come to the happy world of e-commerce? Yeah, so so you know it's it's funny. I actually went to school initially for mechanical engineering, so uh, totally totally different than where I ended up. Um, but actually, actually for two years, I served as a, a volunteer for my, uh, for my church in, in Italy. And in that time, I, uh, I got to do a lot of like financial and business work, uh, or, or management of the funds for, for the volunteers. And so, um, after that, I changed my career path to finance and accounting. And, um, luckily I was at, I was going to Brigham Young University for mechanical engineering, which it's not extremely highly ranked, but for accounting, which I didn't even know, it was like number three in the nation. So uh, when I when I uh, got back from Italy, I, I had to really buckle down and, and to get into the program. But I um, I started out work after I graduated there, working for a semiconductor manufacturer for four years. So totally different industry. And um, and then my uh, my we my wife and I had uh, our first two kids. We have uh, we have four kids now, but I had twins um, at the time, just the two twins, and. Um, we, we wanted to be back closer to family. So started looking and one of the companies I interviewed with was, was Timberland. And, uh, I w- had always been a Timberland fan. I wore Timberland for years before I, before I interviewed there and, um, just loved the company when I went. And, um, I, I ended up getting hired, 
for I had no retail knowledge or experience at the time, other than uh, other than having worked in a store when I was a kid. But um, they 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 hired me, and I started working there. And and believe it or not, actually, I don't know if you guys know Rolf Schultz, but uh, Rolf is a is uh, most recently the SVP of Omni Channel at Academy Sports, and, and Rolf actually hired me at at Timberland to uh, to to work for him, but but not in e-commerce in any way, shape, or form. I was working on the store side, so I worked on the store side for about five and a half, six years, uh, doing all kinds of different things. Um, started out kind of doing payroll and operational planning for stores, then uh, got into real estate and then some other pieces, uh, loss prevention. And then got into strategy and was doing strategy there for uh, a, a couple of years. And then in 2008, um, the, the person that was leading e-commerce ended up leaving. Uh, and they asked me if I would take over that role. And uh, I, again, uh, I don't know if Timberland's a glutton for punishment, but they were asking me to step into a role where I didn't have a ton of experience. I, I knew retail, but I didn't really know the digital space that that well at the time. And um, but they asked me to take it over. And I did and dug in and just learned a ton and, and realized that uh, while I loved retail um, and the store side, that I just found my true passion in the e-commerce space. And so it was was there. From to, to, uh, continued there, but we started in e-com in 2008, was there for four years. Uh, we went through a lot of, uh, of changes, uh, really good changes, a lot of improvements. And, and then um, in 2012, uh, my old boss, who actually was working with me at Timberland, had moved on to Puma and, and gave me a call and wanted to uh, have me do some of the things that I had done at Timberland uh, over at, uh, at Puma. And so... Uh, Probably if you know Timberland at the time had just gone through an acquisition, it was bought by VF Corp. So I think you guys have had Greg Pulsifer on in the past, and uh, Greg's a friend of mine, great, great guy. And and um, but that VF had acquired Timberland around that time, and there were some question marks of how how things were going to run. There was definitely some changes coming, and I was open to them, but uh, but the timing just worked out where Puma wanted me to come over, and so I took that that leap of faith and went over at Puma, and have been there over the last uh, five years. Very cool. So you took that super traditional mechanical engineering accounting path into e-commerce. <laughs> exactly. Via exactly. semiconductors. Highly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like I, I, I used to have to walk people through our factory and, and explain how it worked. At a couple, you know, we had some people visiting and God knows what I was explaining. I, I had no clue. There were people way smarter than me uh, running that business. But, uh, but I was happy to say that we made products for the Xbox and PlayStation 2. So that was my uh, that was my really proud moment when I could share with folks that uh, that what I used every day uh, was something that we were also making pieces for. Wow. Well, Scott and I both very much thank you for that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> my uh, my thumbs are not happy, but the rest of me is happy. <laughs> so, but yeah, I I uh, I was definitely happy to get out of semiconductors. Um, uh, it, it was funny. I got to I got to Timberland, and there was just a little bit of up and down in the business, and. They were talking about you know things being volatile in the in the retail industry and, and uh, volatile meant like uh, you know a negative five or ten percent comp for a weekend and um, at uh, at at this at the company I was at prior we uh, we actually had our business cut completely in half uh, in a quarter and it was the most you know crazy type of adjustments you had to make so I was I was in la la land and just happy as a clam going over to uh, to Timberland and and. Uh, getting involved in the retail side of things. Wow. And I want to say you were at Timberland during a period of uh, pretty hyper growth, right? Like I, 
if I if memory serves you, sold to VF Corp for like two billion dollars. That's yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so I got there. The, the the brand had been growing just for years and years and years. It was just an impressive run, um, and they just had great leadership. You know, it was um, it was a third generation run company. So the Schwartz family started. Uh, Nathan Schwartz started that company, uh, and then Sidney Schwartz took over, and then Jeff Schwartz uh, was the CEO when I was hired. and um, And they just did an amazing job running that company. and And the the, the Timberland Yellow Boot was just so so popular as it is today. Uh, and it, it just it was on an impressive run for for a long period of time. Hit, hit a few bumps in the road toward the back half of of, of the of 2000s, if you will. Um, but but uh, just really just a great brand and, and continues to be today. Nice. And it, it seems like you have a thing for family run companies. Uh, yes. Yes. Apparently, I, I like I like to make sure that the that the families stick around for a while to to run the organizations. <laughs> Cool. And so uh, as VP of e-commerce at Puma, give us a little feeling. Um, listeners always like to hear kind of like how the org chart works, for, for lack of a better description. So would love to understand. So it seems like you're in charge of North America, but I'm sure you have to go back to corporate a fair amount. And um, so that's interesting. And then also the other slice that's interesting is, um, you know, so, so there's direct to consumer or what you guys call retail sales. How much of yep. that do you influence and, and have to kind of collaborate with? Yeah, so so that that you what you described is correct. We we uh, we work in a, as a as a D 2 C unit. So I have a counterpart who's who's over our store business, and we work very very closely um, to make sure that we stay in alignment um, because we we try to have what, as much as we can one one voice and and one presentation to the customers. Um, but you you are correct. We have we have uh, organizations in Europe uh, as well as the U.S. that uh, that are running e commerce. Um, we try to use a, con- a consistent platform, so um, but but have different aspects. So the areas that I I oversee for North America are um, the, the the web development, web merchandising, um, you know, the customer care. We have we have we outsource our customer care. Um, we also have uh, our online marketing and, and and CRM is actually something that I've gotten involved in over the last eighteen months, um, and and have taken ownership of there, and and uh, that's been uh, quite an undertaking, quite a learning, but. Uh, Really, really cool stuff that uh, we've been able to to do over the last eighteen to twenty four months from where we were in the past to where we are now. Um, I, I'm amazed at the kind of data and insights that you can you can gain and um, and learn and, and figure out how better to speak to 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 shoppers. And then give us a feeling for um, your retail kind of physical footprint. Is that just a handful of outlets or is that um, a mix of outlets and stores? I, I don't know much about that. Yeah, no problem. No problem. So we have uh, Puma as a as an organization has uh, over six hundred stores globally, um, but we're we're uh, to the tune of about I, I, the latest number. I don't have right in my head, but it's it's north of a hundred stores. Um, we have stores in in Canada and in the U.S. Uh, predominantly outlet stores. So we do have some full price stores, but but the majority of the portfolio is outlets. Cool. And then on the e commerce side, you obviously have .dot com. Are there any other sites that that you're involved with? Uh, nope, nope. Those are the those are the main just ones. The so mm-hmm. just 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 the uh, just the dot com. We do we do run marketplaces through uh, a little known company you might know of. It's called Channel Advisor, and ah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we we do we do uh, we we do very limited. We don't do we don't do uh, all of them. And I'm, I, I'm sure I can talk a little bit more about that later. But 
but um, but yeah, we the it's it we have uh, a couple other brands that that have their own dot coms, but I don't necessarily get too involved with those. Gotcha. And uh, Chris, I'm always curious. You know, for a brand that sells direct, feels like that your e-commerce site has to do double duty. It's the ambassador for your brand, and there's presumably lots of people that that come to the site that are ultimately going to uh, purchase products from Foot Locker or wherever. And of course, you're selling direct. So, do you have to partner closely with like a North American marketing person that's responsible for for the brand, or how, how does that work? Yeah, uh, so you're absolutely right. For for us, it it brand trumps commerce in, in how we approach things from a, from a retail perspective. So, um, first and foremost, we are the the digital and, and pinnacle representation of the brand online, and, and that's how we approach it. Um, we do we we work with throughout the organization. To uh, to ensure we are alignment we are in alignment with um, with assortments and with also you know sort of um, how we how we we support other accounts um, and making sure that we are we are providing solid information for people that say you know whether they want to buy from us or they're going to buy from Foot Locker tr- truth be told I, I honestly don't care um, I know that sounds weird but but I'm I'm perfectly happy for people to buy the brand on on Foot Locker and and experience the brand I think it's a, a really exciting and great brand and. And at the end of the day, if they uh, if they buy through them and 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 then you know grow to grow an, an affinity for for the Puma brand itself, I know our customers on our side are previous Puma customers. So so they'll come back and they'll come back to us. So um, but but we do we we have to work very very closely. It's important that we not be seen as a competitor uh, to our wholesalers, but uh, but a, as a partner. Um, but we also recognize it's important for us to you know this is the real estate that we own fully, and we can give the the widest and fullest representation of the brand. And so um, we take full advantage of that. So you're, you're saying you, you should actually take care of the customer instead of just worrying about your individual business units. That's, that's crazy talk. I, I, yeah, I apologize. I, I, uh, I lost myself for a couple of minutes there. I, I retract everything I said. <laughs> I, I totally <laughs> forgive you. And that, that certainly is a, uh, an enlightened, healthy, but not always easy to accomplish perspective. Uh, no, especially when you, I think when you're talking about some of the pure plays, um, I think different different folks have different opinions of them. Um, I I totally understand from a retailer perspective when you're a, a direct retailer and, and in, in competition, it, it's a, it's it's tough uh, and it's a tough space um, for us because we're a brand. Um, you know, it's it's about how how we're distributed and how we're represented, and whether it's through us or whether it's through another account, it's it's. At the end of the day, it's still Puma, and that's what's most important. Got it. So before we get too much further, Chris, one one thing listeners are always interested in is just you know sort of an overview of your e-commerce stack. So if you're if you're willing to share, can you talk to us about like what what e-commerce platform you're on, and maybe who you know some of your your the key tools you use are? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm happy happy to do that. So so we actually. Uh, through through no choice of our own, meaning me, I say this jokingly. You'll understand is we're a Salesforce company, right? So so we did uh, we had agreements with with Exact Target, and we have agreements with uh, Demandware for web platform and email marketing. And Salesforce has gobbled up all those companies. So we are now a Salesforce shop uh, on Salesforce Commerce Cloud, as uh, I'm constantly reminding myself I have to say. But but uh, if I can step outside, yeah, we, we've been on Demandware for a long time. We were one of the earlier customers on Demandware. We've been using Demandware since 2009. Um, and we use them outside, not just on, in the North American space, but we use them uh, uh, globally as well. 
and um, and 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 then of course we use uh, we use a, we have a third party partner that we use for, uh, for some of our customer care and order management solutions, and then we have you know various parties that that cover different aspects of the business, and I, I can speak to specifics depending where you want to go, but I think most of our listeners know you can have tons and tons of partners on your site. Um, but, um, but, but, but those are kind of the, the, the big ones that we deal with on a, on a regular basis. Got it. And am I remembering right? Like, uh, Timberland might've been on demand where, when you were there as well, right? Uh, we, we, we were. So, so Timberland was actually in the United States, uh, was on GSI commerce. Um, and in uh, Europe we were on demand where that's right. And I, I believe, I believe they still are on demand where in Europe, though they are no longer on, uh, Either of those, they're not on demand or uh, GSI Commerce today in the in the U.S. Yeah, I I do think that is a common model though. There, I have uh, quite a few clients that you know for whatever good or bad reason are on their their legacy platform in the U.S., but their sort of rest of the world strategy is demandware because it's so easy to kind of clone those realms and pop them pop them around the world. Um, and it sounds like like in addition to using it in North America, that's what you guys are doing internationally also yeah yeah it's it's a great it's a great platform i mean i've you know i've uh, we you know we've been happy with it uh, in, in you know obviously you have your bumps in the road with everybody but but um but we we've been you know generally happy and i, I think that's the general sentiment you hear in, in the industry is that folks are, are seem relatively happy with with the with the demand platform itself yeah uh did you happen to see the the email leak on WikiLeaks from Colin Powell that had like the deck that that uh, Salesforce had had prepared when they were evaluating the acquisition of Demandware. No, I didn't, but I heard you guys talking about it. I listened to the podcast last week and I heard you guys mentioning it. I actually meant to go look at it and I didn't, but I was fascinated by some of the stuff that you guys shared around uh, how they were using uh, Glassdoor and, and uh, I can't remember the other company, but uh, to to talk about um, you know the company's perceptions and, and you guys, actually, you guys mentioned Demandware and, and their, uh, their, uh, their high regard for Tom Ebling, right? I think, um, and, and how they're, they've been pleased with how, uh, how he's run the organization. Look at that, Scott. Chris just proved he actually listened to an episode of the Jason and Scott show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he did his homework. Will you get extra stars? <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, long, long time <laughs> listener, first time caller. I'm very excited to be I love it. it. Well, you know, uh, I'm not going to ask you to weigh in on it right now, but we're going to have to have you back in a year or two um, to see how the the Salesforce evolution um, is going for those guys. But but one thing that occurred to me is I need to find out what other vendors you're using because I'm going to invest in them in the assumption that Salesforce is going to acquire Salesforce them. Salesforce well. is going to buy them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I love it. I actually probably, I should probably do the same, right? Exactly. You, you or, well, you should just uh, require a, a a piece of equity every time you you hire a new company. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally, I, I totally, I'm not taking the long view here. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> let's hope someone from HR isn't listening to this. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that's we're only more. Kidding. It's not HR; it's compliance. We really are worried about <laughs> there, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's all in good fun. Yeah. Um, so speaking of controversial topics that could get someone in trouble on a podcast, uh, let's, let's turn to some of Puma's competition. Um, you guys have this storied past. Um, you, you and, and uh, your, your founder's brother at Adidas sort of 
invented the athletic shoe um and now you're in, in this like hyper competitive space with nike and under armor um and you know and all those folks i i for many years lived in portland oregon which felt like in the u.s the athletic footwear capital of the world um how like how do you think about that competition are you guys in a knife fight with those guys do you feel like there's like you each have your own sort of niches and segments what um, I think it's 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 a combination of both. I think there's, there's, there's a, it's definitely a lot of competition. I mean, Nike is the big gorilla, right? It's just uh, the, the way they the way they go about things and 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 the, the scale um, and just their overall um, strategy. Uh, they're just an impressive company, right? I, we, we, I, in my past, we used to say, uh, you know, Nike is is a marketing company that sells shoes, not not a uh, a shoe company that that markets. Um, they they just do an incredible job of of how they how they represent themselves. Um, but but it, it is it is definitely a competitive competitive space. Um, and and you know we are are uh, amongst one of many. Um, so you mentioned you know Under Armour and, and Adidas there and Nike there there are also a lot of other players right. We play in the running space and you've got the Asics and Sockenies of the world. We play in um, in the golf space. Um, we play in in the fashion space and in that space, you know, Adidas has really uh, also had some some big wins over the last 18 to 24 months there. They have seen a real uh, rejuvenation. In fact, I don't know if you guys saw, but they took back their number two foothold uh, from Under Armour, um, I think just recently. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, I'm a big CNBC junkie. And then um under Armour had awesome earnings, but then Plank got on both the conference call and CNBC and said, hey, we're going to ramp up spending tremendously because we just think this category is going to go through an investment cycle. And it, it caused all these gyrations in the market when he said that. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely getting very competitive out there. Yeah, and, and i got to be honest. I, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't get that, the reaction that way. I mean, I, I, I do get that you have to be aggressive. I mean, the kind of growth trajectory they've been on um, is, is been, has been unbelievable. Um, and, uh, and they're the growth that you've seen. I, I was a little surprised by that. Um, and, and what, 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 what doesn't surprise me as much just because of, of what I've been reading and seeing with, with, uh, Adi and, 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 and we're feeling some of that as well is, is that, you know, the fashion, the fashion space is, is, is uh, and the athleisure space is really, really taken off. And, and, um, you know, some of the global ambassadors that we have, um, and then also Adidas has on, on their front have really helped to to put us uh, to put those brands uh, and put you know put Puma itself in in a, in the minds of, of millennials in a way that it hasn't been before and it's it's a really exciting time to be a part of of the Puma brand. Um, I, I am I, I am experiencing things. Uh, I can't talk in too much detail, but I'm experiencing things I've never experienced in my entire time in the footwear space. Um, and just the, the, the euphoria and excitement around some of the products that we're selling and, and, and the product just continues to get better and better. It's just a really, really exciting time to, to be a part of the brand and, and, uh, and watch sort of the, 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 the positive momentum and, and trajectory that, that, that we're, we're on. Cool. And uh, one of the fun things about doing this podcast is I learn a ton and I never knew that the two brothers uh, did Puma and Adidas. Uh, and is it, I know my European friends always say Adidas kind of thing is what's, do you know the right way to say that? Or is there a right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I still, because I, I, it's how I grew up in, I grew up in Houston, Texas. I still say Adidas. 
Um, but but uh, the, the root of the, the, the name is, is the, the Dossler brothers, right? So you had Rudolf Dossler and Adi uh, Dossler. So Adi Dossler, if you shorten that up, is Adi Doss. Which is which is how his uh, the name of that company was formed, and uh, the Rudolf Dossler Footwear Company is what eventually became Puma. So um, so those two brothers were 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 highly competitive uh, amongst one another, uh, and uh, and that competition has continued on for uh, almost seventy years. So it's been it's been uh, quite a run of competition between those two uh, organizations. Yeah, and you were mentioning in the pre-show warm-up uh, that they're they're actually relatively close to each other. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So actually both companies are based in Herzogenara, uh, Germany, which is in the northern part of Germany, a little outside of Nuremberg. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a highly com- competitive marketplace. There's, there's not a whole heck of a lot of other large companies right in that area. Um, and, so, uh, and so you've got Puma and you've got Adidas and, and they're always competing for, for talent. Um, and so you've got some really uh, – the one thing is you've got some great talent right around there. Um, the problem is that you're fighting over it, right? To, to make sure you get the right, the right folks. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Well, switching gears a little bit, it wouldn't be a Jason and Scott show if I didn't ask the infamous Amazon question. So, uh, you mentioned earlier, um, uh, I guess you guys are a customer of channel Visor, So that, that's awesome. We appreciate that. Um, and then would love to know, you know, how you guys think about Amazon from a channel perspective, but then also over on the retail side, um, yeah, it, it can create a little bit of channel conflict because the wholesale guys obviously love Amazon because they're usually a big consumer of that. And then you have kind of a 3P, 1P, 3P thing. Would, would love to hear your thoughts on that. And then also downstream, how you guys think about uh, resellers selling your stuff on Amazon and other marketplaces. Yeah, that one's definitely more of a challenge. I'd say from, from an Amazon perspective, um, Amazon is a is a is a customer of Pumas and and a, 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 a customer that we value very highly, um, and um, so we have a one P relationship with them. We don't we don't use marketplaces on Amazon. That's not how we sell on Amazon. Um, we do other marketplaces, but not uh, not Amazon. I say other marketplaces. We do we do one marketplace, um, and we've looked at some others, but we haven't made that decision yet. Um, but. But uh, but Amazon itself, um, they've you know they've done a really good job of of how they've represented Puma um, as well as they do for other brands and um, and so you know how we look at them. I mean, I, I again I go back to kind of what I was saying earlier that for me um, a sale on Amazon is if it's a sale of Puma is a win. So um, for, from my perspective, I don't look at them as as as, as competition. Uh, I, I, you know, obviously at the moment they are from a, from a sale perspective, but at the end of the day, if they can make a great experience for somebody who receives the Puma, Puma product, and the Puma brand, then uh, I will, I will, uh, have a chance to, to, to speak to that customer because they, they will come back and, and look at, uh, look at our products. Um, because we, we, we carry the widest assortment of, of anyone. Um, we've got all kinds of products. Um, some of our more premium products, we have a, 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 what we call a select line uh, with some great collaborations that we've done in the past uh, and even are continuing to do um, with, with designers. Um, and we just carry, we carry a, a, wide, a wide array of products. So um, I, I, don't, I don't get too, too hung up on it. Um, at the end of the day, it, 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 it is a win. I will tell you that I am, as a, as a customer, um, I am in awe of what they do. Uh, they are uh, an impressive organization, um, and 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 how they how they 
have really transformed the customer experience online. I mean, we are all just just trying to, to tread water and keep up with the, the things that they've done a couple of years ago, right? They're just they're just leaps and bounds ahead, and uh, and and they're really the teachers in the space, <laughs> and we're we're trying yeah. to learn as much as we can from them and uh, and and provide a, a, a great experience. Um, but but frankly, I mean, it, you guys talk about them all the time. I probably learn as much about them from you guys as I do. Uh, from my own experience, uh, the, the, the fulfillment centers that they're putting up and, and, the, and the pace at which they're growing is, is, is just incredible. Uh, I think I heard uh, Scott Galloway on L2 talking about, he, he predicts that they're, the fir- they're going to be the first uh, $1 trillion company. And that seems hard to me to believe, but at the same time, not that hard for me to believe. In fairness, yeah. a year ago, he did predict they, they had peaked and were going to go out of business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, most, some of his predictions are pretty kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, is, that, I, I, that, that is true, right? He was also predicting the end of Jet and then Walmart bought them. So, um, yeah. Fair so point, Amazon, fair point. Uh, since it's mostly a, a kind of a 1P relationship, that, is that yep. managed out of another group and you just kind of partner on, just kind of keep a finger on the pulse of what's going on there? Or does that live it, over it, on the e-commerce side? Exactly. So, so uh, we have the online marketing team uh, works with them very closely, but it's handled through the wholesale side of the business. So they have an account, an account executive who who manages that side of the business versus versus myself from from the ecom perspective. Got it. And then uh, I'm not going to let you off the hook. The would love to hear your thoughts. So you have some three P's uh, uh, that that kind of you know get your product in some way, and those sell them on Amazon. Is that something that you guys um, you know kind of Turn a eye to encourage strongly dis- discourage. Would would love to know kind of whatever you're comfortable sharing there. Well, yeah. Let me let me let me step outside and just speak from my overall experience, having having worked at two different companies, um, and and can say that you know what what you have on those sites a lot of times are, are unauthorized resellers, right? People that you don't have relationships with that are selling your products um, at, at at deep discounts, and they didn't buy those products from you. Um, and so, you know, uh, it's, it, that's not something we particularly really like to, to see. Um, we, you know, we would much rather have the people that, that, uh, that we work with and who are accounts of ours, um, selling on Amazon, but it's also, it's so open. It's, it's really hard to control. It's, it, it's a hard, hard thing to do. So, um, you know, I, I can't really get into specifics around it, but it, yeah. it, it, just in, in, in general, I've just found in all the, in, the, in the companies that I've worked for, it's a really hard thing to manage. A lot of these companies have odd names and they're, uh, they, they use different usernames in different places and just, there's really nothing you can, you can do about it. And so we, we, we do the best we can. We try to, you know, to make sure our, our resellers are, are I mean, our, our authorized resellers are, are selling um, in the way that we would prefer, but the end of the day, there are there are challenges there for sure. I, and Chris, I'm going to assume uh, that you guys probably have a counterfeit problem at some level, is also right. I mean, on marketplaces or otherwise, it's your your popular global brand. Yes, yes, there there, there definitely is. I think all all of, of brands are facing those challenges and and trying to to to, to stop that. Uh, we face it as well, right? We get people who who have you know bought a, 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 a quote unquote what they see as our product from uh, whether it be an Amazon or another another site, or frankly have bought that uh, on a a fake a spoofed Puma site, um, and 
you know, all we do, we try to do our best to, to, to take care of them and, and, you know, as we can, but at the same time, we're pretty limited in what we can do, um, with people that are, that are, that are buying products that frankly, we had just have, have no control over. Um, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. And our, our legal team has their hands full. We have a, a, an amazing team that does a, a lot of great work, but, uh, there's so much stuff going on out there, uh, that, that is just hard to keep up with the, you know, you're starting see all these fake mobile apps coming out that uh, that are not authorized apps that they're pretending to be you and selling your product and they're not uh, they're neither you nor anybody that you work with so there's just there's a lot of challenges that we're just constantly constantly trying to uh, to keep up with and 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 it's I I don't envy those challenges that those guys face uh, I, I I get involved with some of it but not a whole heck of a lot yeah, it, it's it's crazy. It's an arms race. Like sometimes you see these these uh, nefarious uh, businesses like are so clever and go to so much work. You go, man, there should be a, a way they could put that same effort into some legitimate business and make money. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it 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 boggles my mind. Some of the counterfeit product is just mind blowing at how much how similar it looks <laughs> to to your product and they're, they're you know making it in, in no time flat uh it's it, it amazes me these are some smart people who frankly could probably do some really uh, amazing things uh on the legal side of the fence as opposed to the illegal yeah, side exactly i i know there are some brands that literally have had to establish these like authentication departments within their company to help help authenticate product for resellers and customer service and, and folks. And in a few cases, they've even made it customer facing. So like, you know, uh, I know one of the things about athletic shoes is there are a lot of collectors that like to collect those vintage models. And, you know, one of the big issues for them is, you know, they're, they're not buying directly from you. They're buying something from another seller. And how do they know that that that's a legitimate product or not? No, it's a, it's a fair point. It, it, I don't know how heck a lot of about that, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, as far as like authentication, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, you see, you, you have some real shoe dogs, some sneaker heads who absolutely are just want limited edition collection stuff and it's awesome stuff. And, and, and the, the love and care that the teams put into creating those products, uh, I've witnessed firsthand and it's, it's, you know, it, they have a real passion for what they do. And, and so, yeah, yeah. Those guys want to know that what they've got is, is the real stuff. And, and, uh, I, I don't know how that tackles, how that is going to get, going to get tackled. Right. I mean, I don't know w- what specific way they're, they're go- that's going to end up going, but, but if, you know, if it doesn't, if the things don't course correct at some point, I, I, I would imagine that's probably where the footwear industry is going to have to go. It's going to be the internet of things when all the, all the, your products have a chip in them. Yeah. That's how we're going to exactly. authenticate. Yeah, it, Exactly. Not not as far fetched as it sounds, um, but you did just trigger another question when you mentioned the shoe dogs. Is there a ton of pressure to wear cool shoes at work? Um, you know, uh, I I work with some some really fashion forward people, and and uh, I I don't consider myself to be the most fashion forward. In fact, people would probably say I'm not the the <laughs> the, the coolest kid uh, on the block. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean that's one thing I can say is is uh, having worked for a, a couple of great brands. Uh, my shoes never, never uh, look off trend. So I, at least, at least from a footwear and even, and frankly, working at Puma from a, from a apparel standpoint, uh, I can look pretty, pretty good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there are some people that, uh, that really they're, they're, uh, they're, they're dressing in ways that I'm just like, man, I, I could only wish to be that cool. 
Yeah. Uh, I, welcome to my world. I feel that way every day. <laughs> uh, I do want to change topics a little bit, though. You you mentioned at the top of the show that you have um, some some uh, mainline Puma branded stores. You, of course, you have those outlet stores. Uh, and uh, presumably you have a bunch of omni-channel shoppers that, that start their journey on your website and, and finish up in one of those stores. Ha- do you guys, A, like, can you talk a little bit about, like, what, what sort of omni-channel features you support? Like, are you doing any of the, like, buy online, pick up in store, or ship from store stuff, or any any uh, omni-channel attribution, or any of those kinds of things yet? So, well, this is this is a, obviously a hot topic, and and frankly, you know, it's it's gotten to the point where where omnichannel is, is table stakes, right? It's not even a, a, a cutting edge feature. Um, we, you know, being totally honest with you guys, we're a little behind, right? We we have we have work to do from that front, um, and it's one of the things that uh, that you know I can't speak too much on it, but I'm actively engaged to. Uh, to, to work with the teams to try to help move us forward in this space because uh, because you you know as you guys see and everybody who listens to this show and probably any, almost anybody in the entire uh, North American uh, continent knows uh, omnichannel is 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 the is the future and 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 making that a seamless process you know, shared inventory across across not just online and stores but across stores right and and making it very easy to do and um, you know, we, we still, we're not there yet. And, and, um, and it's a, it's a constant topic. It's, it's the, the thing that I probably talk about most, uh, in my day to day is, is, uh, how we're going to get to where we, where we, where, where we want to be. Got it. That is totally fair. Yeah. What, one of the things, um, uh, this just kind of occurred to me, you mentioned a select line. Do you guys do much, channel differentiation. So, so I know one way people deal with kind of channel conflict, both between direct consumer and wholesale and then across Amazon and Nordstrom's and all these different things is they just have different products everywhere. Do you guys do any of that uh, as a way to help with channel conflict? Yeah, I think you'll find in general, a, a lot of, a lot of footwear brands try to do that. Um, n- not like, uh, not, not like say um, like a mattress company that has the same mattress and they've, they've got different SKUs for it based on who sells it. Uh, nothing like that. Um, but we do have, we do tend to try to get retail exclusives. Um, and also there are accounts that have exclusives that, that we may not sell. Typically what we, what, what our tact is, is that, um, if it's if it's available on a on a retailer from a retailer of the Puma product, we want it to be available on Puma.com. That isn't always the case, um, and you know for reasons I can't really talk about. But but for the for the most part, that is our that is our strategy. We want it available on Puma.com so you can find that um, because some of that stuff's hard to find and uh, and it's unique in certain to, to certain places. So we we want to make sure that it, at least on the the brand side itself, um, you you can get that product. Got it. And then drilling in on the dot com side, you, you mentioned um, online marketing uh, effectively is one of the areas you work on. Would love any flavor from you. I'm, I'm sure you read all these reports that come out. There's uh, Forrester and Soro and all these things. Um, you know what? What kind of marketing channels are are interesting to you guys? And any other any things you're you're seeing trend wise there that you think the listeners would find interesting? Yeah, I mean. I, I, it's probably nothing that's going to be uh, mind blowing to them. They probably heard it from lots lots of people smarter than myself. But um, certainly, uh, from a from a social perspective, social is extremely important to us. Um, and and so from from that standpoint, 
um, we, we are doing some really, really cool things there. And, and you're seeing, you know, uh, you, you gave a little background of some of our global ambassadors, but some of their social activity that they, they do, as well as uh, the social activity that the Puma brand itself does, um, is vitally important. Um, and then, and then also for us, we're, we're really trying to, uh, continue to improve our, 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 our customer relational management, if you will, as far as understanding better who our customers are and, and how we can better meet their needs. Um, we've just come a long way. Uh, you know, we've moved from where, where we used to be, you know, shotgunning uh, emails to, to everybody to, to personalized emails to, to, to our audiences that are, that are interested in those particular products as opposed to hitting everybody with, with a golf email um, that, frankly, you know, a, a large percentage of our customers may not, not care about um, but instead they're interested in, in soccer and the golf person isn't interested in soccer. Um, you know, we, we cover a lot of different sport categories. And so we needed to do a better job of, of speaking to those customers. And, and it's, it's really cool to, to, to be a part of that and see how much that has, has changed over my time at Puma. And, um, and I think we do a much, much better job of, of speaking to, to, and giving people relevant and, and exciting messages and, and speaking to them about what the, what the brand is doing that for them will be, uh, will be important and product that for them is stuff that they would want to wear. Um, and, and I, I think we've seen a lot of progress there. So. Cool. Social is an interesting one. Let's drill in on that. So yeah. um, we've seen this life cycle where it, it kind of started a lot of times in kind of a customer support function where it was kind of like, all right, monitor this thing. And if customers have questions um, and then we're seeing a lot more brands and retailers, you know, keep that part of it in customer care. But then they're starting to do a lot more top of the funnel kind of brand stories on social. Um, is that where are you guys in that life cycle? Uh, so we're 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 moving in that path as just as you described. Um, we have a we have a, a global uh, digital marketing team that that manages a lot of our of our social, um, and uh, they they've done some pretty great things to to continue to to stay relevant there. Um, but we're definitely moving in that direction. Yeah, and what, another nice thing with with the shoe category is because you have all these athletes, you, you kind of are way ahead on influencer marketing, where a lot of retailers are just kind of waking up to that that whole thing. So, I have no idea how many, um, you know, how many fans Rihanna has, but I think it's enough to break the internet. So, um, you know, so and and Kylie Jenner I know is also huge, and I don't know about Usain Bolt, but you know, some of the people I mentioned up at the top of the show, I, I imagine are awesome ambassadors, and, and oh. they have a nice social linkage. They're mind-blowing numbers as far as the, the number of followers, um, and I'm, I'm just amazed. They have some awesome, awesome followers, passionate followers, and and uh, and you know we've we have uh, have have really you know as I said we're we're learning how to adapt to the changes that are occurring, and um, and that that has definitely been a big part of of, of learning and, and adapting that we've had to do. You know, one thing that uh, strikes me, have you experimented at all with any of the commerce enablement on any of those social channels? Like in, in general, it doesn't seem like like any of those have worked particularly well, but you seem like you might be a brand based on those influencers that could get some traction with one of those. Yeah, you know, I would say that 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 would that perception would be true. I can tell you from from my experiences. My experience is very similar to what you guys have described. I've, I'm I typically um, I like to be a 
fast, maybe a, I like to be a fast follower, maybe a, a uh, I'm definitely where I definitely don't, not trying to push to be to be in that space to be the the leader um, for the reasons that that you guys describe. I, it, you know, there was a lot of talk. I, I remember one person presenting to me a funny story way back in the day, uh, presenting to me that uh, Facebook, I, I think his exact words were Facebook commerce in the next six months was going to be a tsunami uh, uh, and overtake the, the e-commerce world. And and that clearly didn't happen. Um I'm watching now uh, to see what kind of what is happening. They're doing a lot of, of things here. Um, the, the whole I was on Facebook recently and just the, whole, the, the way that they have the integration. So you can go to and shop the site from right inside Facebook's browser. They're really trying to make it more seamless that uh, I would imagine we're, we're going to get there uh, pretty quickly. But but I, I it, it's got to be a commercially viable option. Uh, we're, we're just it's just not something that we're, I, I, I would want to throw money at. Um, I'm not speaking from my current role. I just in general, my philosophy would be I want to wait and see what what happens there before we, we just start chasing that that uh, that model. Yeah. I mean, one of, one of the challenges in our industry is like what I call the sort of shiny object uh, syndrome. Like there, there are so many things you could try that, you know, sometimes vendors don't have a good appreciation for like just how much bandwidth chasing all these things take. And you you really need to prioritize not just your company's resources, but your, your own bandwidth for some of these projects. Well, you're exactly right. I, as I, I say a lot, people have heard me say this in the company probably more than they'd like to admit. But for me, that one of the roles that I try to play is, is differentiating between technology and innovation. Um, and there is a lot of technology uh, so much so, I mean, you, you guys, I'm sure deal with it too, but just, I mean, you, I can't, I can't get through a day without, you know, over a hundred emails of people telling me and, and selling me something that's going to improve my conversion rates 30 to 40% where I'm going to be a, a $25 billion online retailer in the next uh, six months with all, with all the metrics that they share. Um, and, 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 and it's really, it's really hard to try to differentiate because you, you, you do, you want to some of these things are really, really cool. They, they, they are really neat things that, that, can, that can make your site and your experience that much better. But at the same time, I don't know that it's, there are things that customers really care about. Um, yeah, and but if you use them all and there's 100 and they each improve your conversion rates 30%, if I do the math, you could have like an 8,000% <laughs> conversion rate and that's got to be worth a promotion so i i, I know. think you're coming at this from the wrong angle just to be frank with you i i yeah i mean i know i could have each person that visits the site order five things and my conversion rate would would be uh, astronomical i i you know i i i hope nobody from the company listens to this because they may realize that they need to make a, a, a an hr move here and uh, and bring in a replacement who can who can get this right <laughs> well, let, let me uh, clarify for the HR department. If all those claims were true, uh, 1-800-Flowers would be growing by 10,000% a year because they do every new thing <laughs> on the first day. Uh, and, and you may note that while they're a perfectly fine company, they're, they're not growing at that, that pace. As it, as it turns out, the only thing that can really drive those sort of 30 40% returns are, are hiring like a really smart digital agency. Oh, oh, wait. Of course, of course. <laughs> Of course, I'm. Uh, I, I, you guys know any? I, uh, I I may know someone that knows someone. <laughs> the awesome. Uh, so changing topics from there, you know, another sort of uh, trendy fad that the kids are talking about these days is the 
the the BlackBerry, the mobile phone. Mm. Uh, have you guys um, have you guys, you guys thought about guys like trying to do anything for for users on on the smartphone yet? Uh, as I told you guys, I'm kind of a uh, not a fast follower, so I'm kind of waiting to see if that that technology takes off before I um, before I jump on that bandwagon. Uh, no, actually, um, yeah, I mean, you know, mobile is extremely important to us. It, it's funny, I, 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 when I was at, at uh, Timberland in, in uh, I remember it was 2009 or 2010, but I was, you know, you were seeing the BlackBerry and, and, and uh, you're like, all right, I, I just can't see myself shopping on this thing. I just, it's just so it's difficult. I got a rollerball. I, I just can't, I can't see it working. And then, um, you know, I, I remember, I remember this vividly because it's, I'm now at the company, but I remember going on to Puma.com when I was at Timberland and I saw that site. Uh, and I think they built it on the, the, the first run of Demandware's uh, mobile, mobile shop uh, or their mobile site. And um, I was like, holy cow, um, this, uh, I, I, I could do this. I, I could see this working. And, and it just changed my mindset. And we moved very, very quickly uh, at Timberland once I, once I sort of really saw that coming, coming about and, and, uh, and mobile has continued to be an extremely important piece for, for Puma. Um, you know, as you guys might guess, we, we do have, uh, a, a, a pretty big millennial uh, audience and, and we have always skewed ahead of the curve, uh, when it comes to mobile. So you know, when you talk about industry metrics and, you know, what percentage of, of folks are, 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 you know, visiting sites on mobile, we, we are typically well, well ahead of that. Uh, and that continues today. So, so we have definitely had to take a mobile first mindset. Um, and, and that is a, that is a tough thing to, for people to do because, you know, the desktop is still the, the, you know, the coup de grace, the greatest experience that you can have because it's got all the space, right. And it's hard for people to think that mobile has got to be the first view you think about, but, but that is frankly how we have to do it. It is the majority of our people that the majority of our customers are coming on mobile. Um, they're, they're visiting us when they're out and about, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're coming in, in large quantities. Right. And, and, and you guys have talked about conversions are lower. Um, and, and, you know, I, I do tend to agree with, with your philosophy that I don't know that that gap's going to totally close. Um, and so, so that, that's my philosophy, I guess you're agreeing just to be, oh, is that, just get this is that on the your philosophy. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember who it was, but, uh, I do agree with that. I think that we've got to make it better. But there's always going to be that component of of mobile mobile, sorry, but people on the go that that are just doing research, right? Um, and and so that's just traffic that they, they may buy later, and, and they may buy on mobile, but it's still um, it's it's not going to be quite quite the same. Oh yeah, the you know it's funny Adobe. I, I think you guys are an Adobe Analytics customer, but they they just published their holiday preview, and they're forecasting that. For all retailers, they're going to be like fifty three percent of of uh, site visitors over holiday will be mobile, and it'll and they'll, they'll represent like thirty one percent of e commerce sales. So so like still pretty meaningful gap even in holiday yeah. where you have a a much higher buying intent from your visitor usually than than you do year round. Yeah, no, that that yeah, abs- absolutely, and um and yeah, those those numbers are crazy, but but. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're unbelievable to read, but I get to witness them, right? Because we are Adobe Analytics customer and, and those are what we're seeing. I mean, those are the kind of things that we see and, and we talk about it every day. In fact, we, we, for us, mobile, 
we don't even we really we use that word, but frankly, we talk about it in in the the two components of of phone and and tablet, right? And and tablet is 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 a shrinking trend, and and mobile is an ever growing trend, uh, or excuse me, smartphone is an ever growing trend. So that's how we we look at it, and and uh, try to make sure that first and foremost, the phone experience is the one that we are making you know the 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 the, the biggest strides and the best uh, the best experience we can. So, so aside from having a mobile-friendly site, do you guys have an app, or is that something you kind of have kept an eye on? I'm keeping an eye on it. Um, I still, you know, I, you know, I think it's, I think that's going to be important for us over time. I, I, I'm just watching it to see what sort of, what, what, what happens there. In the sense of, you know, it's an expensive proposition to, to, to make an app. So, um, I, 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 I did mention earlier. I, I did come from from a financial uh, analysis background, so. I am still rooted in in these pesky things like you know net present value and return on it, on investments, um, and so I, I do try to take those those seriously when we when we make some of those decisions. We must be conflicted though because you're also a mechanical engineer, and that part of you wants to like <laughs> you know play with all the new gadgets. So it must, it must yeah, be hard. It, it, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So so Chris, uh, tying those together perfectly, if if there was one area where you were going to irresponsibly spend in order to see something mechanically engineering really cool, that sounds like that would be some sort of state-of-the-art um, warehouse picking and packing system. Have you thought about something like that? That's actually a, a great, interesting topic to bring up. Um, funny thing is, uh, yeah, we actually we, we have, 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 have had a really cool um, – Thing happened at Puma. We have we have uh, have taken our our warehouses and and really moved into a, a whole new model for us. And it's it's an exciting thing going on where we where we have actually um, done an implementation of uh, what we call Auto Store, um, which is a, a is a company based out of Europe that does uh, it's it's basically a, a robotic warehouse fulfillment system, and uh, it's 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 really cool because we have been for years and years, we have been a warehouse that is focused and built around shipping large orders to wholesale customers and to retail stores. And, and now we are, we are transitioning to uh, a setup where we are able to not only meet the needs of our wholesale customers and retail stores, but also uh, do single orders. And so this uh, this implementation is allowing us to massively improve our throughput. It's one of the challenges we hear from our customers is we're just not fast enough at uh, at fulfilling their orders. And 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 they're right. We've got we've got work to do. And and uh, this has been a big big step forward for us. It's 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 just been launched. So we're you know we're still learning. Um, but uh, it's actually the one of the biggest. It may be the biggest implementation in North America of the auto store. Uh, warehousing system, and uh, and it's 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 an impressive thing to behold. Uh, I just got to to uh, witness it in in full operational mode about a month ago, and it's uh, it's it's impressive. And uh, we're super excited. Um, you know, it, not not long ago, you could have gotten three or four packages from us uh, if you placed an order, right? And this is going to take us to uh, uh, your minds are going to be blown here, but a single package for an order. Uh, when you order multiple items, so uh, that's that's yeah. something that I have been highly desirous of since the moment I got to Puma, and so it's a really really exciting uh, project. The team has done an awesome job putting that together, 
Um, and uh, we're excited. This is our first holiday going into it. Um, we're not 100% there as far as our e-commerce inventory, but we are transitioning there. And, uh, and it's going to be a, a, a really exciting but also high-stress uh, high time as we, we are going to go into our first holiday, uh, seeing how, 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 we, how we do with this. You're going to switch it on on, uh, I don't know, November 21st? Yeah, actually, we're, we we need to test it a little bit, so we're probably gonna we're probably gonna uh, turn it on toward the twenty third, twenty fourth, possibly, uh, just to just to see how it how it runs during that weekend. Good, good. That that's smart. That's always the best time to bring <laughs> my up favorite weekend to test stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that uh, and so uh, Auto Store is actually the name of the the product from the company. And I'll put a link in in our show notes so people can check it out. But it um, it's a very cool system for for picking and packing. Can I infer that you had a single warehouse or a single fulfillment center in the the U.S. that you used for your wholesale distribution, and that you've now dedicated a part of that or have a shared inventory that you use for your direct to consumer fulfillment? That, that's right. So, so we actually had uh, so direct consumer fulfillment being ecom. So we we've always had uh, warehouses that supported our retail stores and uh, and our wholesale customers. Uh, we we also supported ecom out of those warehouses, but it, it, we also had a three P that we used that was uh, outside of of Puma, and um, and so this allows us to to have it all centralized. So. Where I talked about where we you know we still have some things from an omni-channel perspective um, to 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 work on and improve. Uh, I'm a I've always been a big believer in the benefits of having inventory uh, in in a single location to be able to share that across different channels, and this allows us to do that. Right, our our e-commerce inventory was so segmented from uh, from everywhere else that uh, you know it was not easy for us to to if we if we had too much and our stores were in need of inventory. It, it wasn't easy for us to just quickly react and, and, and transition that inventory to stores. And, and now we're able to do that, which is, which is really benefits our customers. Um, and it benefits us, which is, which is, uh, which is exciting. Cool. And I'll warn listeners when you, um, when you hear about these things, you always Google them and um, these robotic warehouse systems, for some reason I get, and I, I think a lot of people fall in this, the, once you see one of these videos, you want to see like 800 more and then suddenly look up and you've spent three days looking at robotic warehouse videos. So, so be careful listeners. Be yeah. careful. The, the first video I saw when I, when we were looking at it, I was mesmerized. Uh, and it's, it's a sight to behold. I, um, I, when I saw it, I was just, you know, it's, you know, just, it's so huge. Right. And, um, and, and these, you got these robots running along the top, of a, of a grid system and, and a system making sure that they don't cross, uh, you know, cross the streams, if you will, uh, as they're, as they're moving about. But, uh, it's just a really imp- impressive, uh, some, some really intelligent people who I couldn't even begin to fathom the brain power that they have, um, putting this together, but, uh, but, uh, it, it works and it's exciting. And, and we are, um, super happy to be, uh, to be able to, 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 to use this for, uh, e-com as well as um, other aspects of our business. Nice. The, Very uh, cool. And the videos are the e-commerce equivalent of uh, cute cat videos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but for retail geeks. <laughs> so too funny. You, you just destroyed Jason. He's going to be up all night. Uh, <laughs> um, 
And bonus points for a Ghostbuster reference. Very good. Oh, thank Very you, impressive. thank you. Star, Star Wars is is better, but you know that's pretty good. We, I, I, I would I would agree. Uh, we my son and I are counting down the days to December sixteenth. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be good. Um, so so that's. That's really interesting and, and very kind of current um, yet yet really innovative system there. Let's look at a little bit and you know feel free to take off your your Puma hat on this. You've you've been in the industry for a long time. You've you've gone from semis all the way to shoes. Uh, yeah. And you know what what do you think about the future of e-commerce? Jason and I talk a lot about um, augmented reality, virtual reality, um, 3D printing. I, I, I know is pretty interesting in the shoe category. I think some of the shoes are, are actually getting printed with with a very high end 3D printing kind of technology. Uh, I love drones. Um, any other any other things or those things? Would love to hear your thoughts on where where we're going to be in kind of five to ten years. Yeah, um, you know, I, I it, I'll tell you a couple of things for me that I see that are that are really really impressive. Um, first off. Uh, virtual reality. So, uh, I, 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 you know, I was there in the, in the early '90s when you know, the the Sega. I can't remember the name of the system, but the Sega Genesis? gaming system. It, I, it, oh, I had a Genesis. I love the Genesis, but it was like uh, I think it was like not even the Saturn. It was like they were coming out with Sega VR or something. They were coming out with a virtual reality system, and virtual reality was it, right? That was happening, and and um, and so I, I remember then it not really happening, and it kind of stopped being talked about. And so when I started hearing about it again earlier on here, uh, recently, I, I was like, mm, not so sure. I was having flashbacks to my excitement over playing Dragon's Lair in virtual reality, and it never happened. So um, when I, you know, but however, uh, I, I liken my experience with virtual reality to my experience with that, uh, that Puma site that I talked to you about on mobile. Um, when I was at uh, shop.org this year, I did have a chance to, to try on uh, the virtual reality sets that were there, and, and they weren't even the the Oculus Rift uh, versions, but um, I was, it was just amazing to me. Um, I think what where that's going and what that can become, um, you know, where you can just basically experience a, a shopping, uh, a whole shopping trip in 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 that mode, right? And and just switch from store to store and 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 have a, a virtual reality experience of your brand um, is, is to me. Uh, for the first time, I was like, uh, "That's that's going to happen." Um, and um, so, you know, how we're going to react to that? We still have a lot of discussions around that, and obviously, the technology's got to got to get to a place where I think that can be productized for 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 retailers to be able to to do on a more regular basis. Um, there's a, there's a lot to be to be done, but I, I see that as definitely being uh, a futuristic uh, th- thing happening. And then and then you know what's happened with these. Uh, the, the, the voice recognition systems, um, the, the technology word for it is escaping me right now, but um, the Amazon echoes of the world. And, and you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if five years from now we weren't even talking about e-commerce sites and we were talking about, um, you know, just purely ordering from some, from some of these devices and telling them what we want and they just place the order. Um, it, 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 things are just moving so rapidly and the voice, the voice recognition technology, and and the IBM Watson technology. I don't know if you, did you guys see the sixty minutes on IBM Watson that was aired a couple of weeks ago, and how they were using Watson to learn how about cancer and diagnose cancer. Yes, you're you're uh, inadvertently busting my chops. Uh, we recorded a show about that that uh, our audio engineer hasn't published yet. 
Ah, okay. All right. Well, let me not ruin that show for anybody, but that was, uh, I was, I was really blown away by that. Um, and you know, I, I, you know, how Watson is powering all this technology and where it's going, it, it's, uh, it, that is, is something else I can totally see as sort of your personal assistant to, to do a lot of that stuff. And, and so we've got to be ready for that. We've, we've got a lot of work to be done to, to start figuring out how we're going to better integrate with, with these systems, like, you know, some other folks are doing. Um, but I definitely see that um, combined with virtual reality sort of being the, uh, the out there sort of next big things that, uh, that we need to prepare ourselves for. Yeah, and I, I think the virtual system you're talking about was the Nintendo Virtual Boy, one of their worst selling products ever. <laughs> Is that what it was? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was exciting. Okay. And then, like, I think if you ever did a demo of it, it was it was monochrome, and it was just like having a you know an eight bit screen up against your face, and it was not it was not three D in any way way. So we've we've come a long way, hasn't it? Well, well, I've I've clearly re- re- revealed my total geekitude with uh, with video games on this on this podcast, but. Uh, I'm, I'm probably still one of the only people that uh, that was that was in line to buy the e- Atari ET version that the guy made in like four weeks, and uh, still thought that game was awesome. Yeah, so uh, let's let's go out with uh, some off-topic video game stuff. Do you still play games, and what do you, what what would you recommend? Are you a PlayStation guy, Xbox, Nintendo, or do you have all three? And um, what are you, are you a first-person shooter guy, or more? What tell us tell so, us about your passion there. I'm an all three guy. Um, I didn't used to be, but I, you know, once I, I got to a point where I'm like, you know, I could probably uh, buy each system. I, I want to have all three. Um, I, I primarily play PlayStation. I have a PS4. Uh, I, I just got a 4K TV, so now I'm like, I got to get the PS4 Pro because that's just yeah. what I got to do. Um, but, uh, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I so. So I have all the sports games. I got NBA, Madden, all of those things. But then uh, there's uh, some other games that I like to play. Um, uh, a couple of them I don't think would be smart for me to admit uh, on this podcast. But uh, but I do I do Grand like. Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I never heard of that game. You gotta have um, FIFA. All sports guys love FIFA. Yes, well, FIFA's yeah, in brand. He could play that, and it would be work. Yeah, hey, we have nice. we have an Xbox 360 in our office with uh, with FIFA there. We haven't got the Xbox One in there. I got to fix that. But uh, but yeah, I, I I clearly need to make sure that they have accurately represented our Evo power and Evo speed uh, soccer cleats. So I, it's it's essential that I purchase it. Um, but but I yeah I do all of those. Um, and then uh, and then and, and then first person. And I don't know. I mean I I do like. I mean yeah I might play GTA every once in a while. Um, I do like um, like you know, the red dead redemption series, that kind of stuff. It, I, I'm kind of a jack of all trades. Uh, I, I wish I could play more. Um, I, in fact, I think I've probably uh, overtrained my son to play just so I could have somebody to play with. And <laughs> my wife is probably not grateful for that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it is a passion of mine. I go, I, I read about it more than I should. I, I pr- probably be a lot smarter if I didn't spend time on internet gaming, uh, or IGN.com learning about uh, what the latest uh, video game trends are going to be. Yeah, you know, I think these things will all collide, and someday people will be able to buy Puma shoes right out of FIFA if, if they want to. So I think it's I think it's good to – Jason and I, I can't – well, I won't speak for Jason, but I have a feeling he's going to wholeheartedly agree that this is a very smart thing for you to be doing. Market research. Market <laughs> research. Yeah. And then uh, since you mentioned you like VR, you definitely got to check out the PlayStation VR. It's now pretty generally available. And, and uh, um, I have one in really the, the 
Batman game. I think it's called Arkham something. Um, it's really, really good. Well, yeah, so so that's on the Christmas list. Ah, okay. um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, that is gone there. And uh, my, I was visiting my brother in San Diego um, a, a little bit a while back, and uh, and I was like, dude, I got to show you this. And, and I showed him the Star Wars Battlefront VR, mm-hmm. and I'm like, do you remember when we were ki- like we were kids and we were playing like the the monochromatic uh, the, the Star Wars jet fighter where you were just trying to go into the Death Star and and shoot, you know, shoot it and try to destroy the Death Star. I'm like, could you imagine as a kid, you'd be sitting here and, and, and basically be in the middle of a Star Wars movie. Uh, and that, that blew me away. And that was, as soon as I saw that video, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm going to have to get VR. I, I apologize to my wife, yeah. but yeah. yeah. The, and, and, and if she's listening, what you should get, Chris, is the bundle. Don't just buy the headset. Well, all right. Just, in case she's listening, you cover your ears. Uh, Chris is going to need the PlayStation VR bundle because it includes the camera uh, and a couple other accessories um, and a nice set of longer cables, which is pretty integral to this whole thing if you have a bigger room. Hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, Allison, please take note. Well, Chris, I have really good news. Uh, we have officially entered you uh, with your own slot in the upcoming Jason and Scott virtual reality video game tournament. So you're, you're going to need that just, just to uh, uh, practice or perish in the, in the um, Jason and Scott tournament. Uh, once, once we get through the holiday season, I'm going to have to be practicing uh, night and day to prepare myself for that. I, I have every confidence in you, but I am sad to say that it has happened again. We have spent a perfectly good hour plus of our listeners' time. Uh, so we're uh, super grateful to all our listeners. Without you, we would not have a show. And Chris, I really want to thank you for taking the time out of your evening to come join us and share some of your great experiences. No, thank you, guys. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks again, Chris, for joining us. We really appreciate you sharing your insights. And we will be back next week, everybody. And until then, happy commercing. You've been listening to The Jason and Scott Show. For all the latest news and trends on e-commerce and shopper marketing, subscribe to us on iTunes or visit www.jasonandscott.com.